Uh, this is 1 John 5. This is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And so you can live without fear. You can live with a clear conscience. And you can live every day. No, it's not dependent on your works. It's His work on your behalf. And He loves you very much. I think sometimes people get hung up on the thing of like, can they know? Mm. And I love that verse because it just Mm. gives that assurance of salvation. It's there. Like you're safe. You're good. Welcome back to our bonus podcast on our series called Heaven Now and Forever. This has been such a great series, and we're excited today to go a little deeper in conversation. My name is Daniel Goulet, and I have the privilege and honor to serve as the director of the School of Kingdom Ministry, also uh, one of the preaching pastors, and I'm joined by... Hey everyone, it's Julie. I serve as the senior pastor along with my husband, Mike. And today we have two special guests with us. We have Diane Lehman, my mom and our founding pastor joining us again. Good to be back. Yes, so glad to have you. And we also have Jim Plank here today. He is our Sullivan Campus Pastor and serves on our executive team. Jim, we're so happy to have you. It's great to be here. Yeah. Um, you know, we have just enjoyed this series so much that we've been in and it's been a great opportunity to dig deeper with people. So I'm excited to be here today and dig even deeper in this yeah, podcast. It's gonna be a great combo. Awesome. Well, our hope with this podcast, as usual, is to go a little deeper because this is a very interesting subjects that we're uh, diving into, somewhat controversial subjects on uh, heaven and judgment and paradise. And I know you've all been waiting for the final moment <laughs> that we're gonna actually talk about hell. Yes. What a crazy subject. And uh, Jesus actually talks a lot about mm-hmm. this. So uh, just one disclaimer that I like to do uh, every week is that we are not the experts, but we have learned a lot. And there are some wonderful scriptures that give us some guidance in this. And so we want to explore a little bit of that today. And so let's just jump right in. And I think as we've always done, you know, in each of these subjects, there's always these preconceived notions or things we've grown up seeing about each of these subjects. So when you think of hell, what comes to mind? I mean, hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, Uh, it is a hot topic. (laughs) (laughs) A hot topic too, yes, that's true. Uh, You know, I think punishment and uh, yeah, knowing it's the end of something. It's the end of life. Yeah. As we know it for sure. You know, I think it's interesting at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about the colors that we associate with heaven. And Daniel, you and I agreed that we kind of think of blue and white for heaven. Yes. Well, when I think about hell, the first thing I think about is the color red. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, like an orange, a yellow, flames, kind of like when you're sitting and looking at a fire, like outside having a fire pit all of those beautiful colors. And actually there's lots of colors in fire. But for me, when I think about hell, I think about the color red. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I mean, my initial thoughts is this weird little red dude with a pitchfork. Yeah. Probably (laughs) inspired by a lot of cartoons. Um, But before Jesus, I used to love horror movies Mm. and a lot of horror movies depict hell. And Mm. so I, you know, really kind of grim images of, you know, torture and all this kind of stuff. So hell has kind of been a really freaky visual in my mind for a long time. But 
What is hell? Maybe, Di, you could uh, show us a little bit of that. Well, this is a big topic, and uh, so bear with us, and we're going to dive right in. As you've all intimated, hell has different depictions and different descriptions. Mm -hmm. If you are familiar at all with uh, ancient English uh, language coming out of Dante, you mm. know, he depicted hell as a place under the earth's surface with nine levels of suffering. Sinners were bitten by snakes and tormented by bees. I mean, and this pretty much, along with fiery images, has been the description of what most people have embraced. Yeah. But as we will discuss, over the last oh, few decades, the description and the just the definition mm. of hell has radically changed. Mm. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That's fascinating. That yes. Is fascinating. And we definitely want to look at, okay, what does Jesus say? Yeah. What does the Bible, Peter, yeah. Paul, uh, John, what, what do they say? How do they define mm. hell? Mm -hmm. Now, in a general sense, we're referring to hell as a place of final destination for those who have chosen to reject Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's lots of important words yeah. there. Final, uh, chosen, yeah. reject, Jesus now. Yeah. So all of that's important. Now, if we wanted to look at very specifically, you need to know the word translated hell throughout most of our Bibles, we can credit back to the King James Version, <laughs> uh, which is, it's actually the word Gehenna, which we can get into a little bit later, yeah. but it's a metaphor for a smoldering, mm. um, fiery garbage dump type of place, but okay. originally was a place of child sacrifice. So we can talk about that later if you want. But if we just wanted to do a quick look, Jesus used the word hell 11 or 12 times, depending on the translation. Mm -hmm. And it was described as a fiery furnace, mm -hmm. a place of never-ending fire, a place of undying worms, outer darkness. Paul never actually used the word hell hmm. in any of his writings. Okay. Although he mentioned over and over and over again, everlasting destruction, condemnation, mm -hmm. judgment. Yeah. So, you know, we have to take that into consideration. Hebrews describes hell as a raging fire that devours the enemies of God. Peter, Jude, John, Fire, fire, fire. Again, mm -hmm. many of them don't use the word hell, but they're talking about eternal destination yeah. and depicting yeah. it as a place of fire. Yeah. Now, you know, Revelation ends with, and I reference this in the message, whether hell is a literal furnace or lake, is this metaphorical? Yeah. Uh, nobody really knows. Right. We only know it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, and I think all throughout this series, we've really tried to lean into there is mystery. Yes. But that mystery doesn't mean that we can't know anything. 
And I think we've even wrestled with that tension of like, how do we embrace mystery and yet still stay convicted in truth? Even with certainty, like, Mm. you know, certainty of heaven and the promise of Jesus, but also, you know, the certainty of choice. Mm-hmm. We have free will to choose one or the other. Yes. Which is kind of crazy when you think well, about it. Well, and we do believe that the Bible is clear. There is an afterlife. Mm-hmm. We yes. believe that there is a, another destination for all of us. And so, okay, what is that like? And we've spent you know quite a few weeks, the past couple weeks, for sure, focusing more on heaven yeah. and said, those who choose Jesus in this life will spend eternity with him in the heavens, the new heavens and new earth. Those who choose to reject him will suffer eternal loss. Hmm. Which I think, again, I think back to how we named this series, which ended up being so prophetic that our life now matters forever. So our choice now affects eternity. Eternity, yeah. Jim, were you gonna say something? No, I just, I'm just kind of thinking of a word you just mentioned, I, when you said eternal loss, but I know you're going to maybe get into that a little bit, but you piqued my interest. <laughs> uh, right. When I caught that word, I'm like, wait a minute. We'll yes, well, good. that's good. Good yeah. listening. <laughs> well, let's go ahead. Let's, uh, let's dive into what I would call the four most prominent views of hell yeah. right yeah. now. Right. And each of these actually is a huge spectrum. Mm -hmm. And we have resourced a book called The Four Views of Hell. I highly recommend it. It's very well written. It's very respectfully done. Uh, Yeah, explain the format a little bit. Okay, so there's four authors and there's, they present, each one presents a view. So there's eternal conscious torment, there is universalism, there is purgatory, and there is... Annihilation. Uh, annihilation. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. No problem. Um, and, and so, and we'll discuss what each of those mean here in a moment. But what is fascinating to me, so the author of Eternal Conscious Torment, which is, I would say, traditionally the most popular view of hell. It is a place of eternal conscious torment for those who have rejected Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He presents his view, lots of scripture. By the way, every author presents lots of scripture, okay? They all have Mm -hmm. good scriptures. Then each of the other three authors are given the opportunity to rebut what he has said Mm. very specifically. So with each chapter, you get an additional like three chapters where each one of these authors is telling why they don't agree with the other. So then there's a whole chapter on universalism. And then each of the other authors get to rebut that. So it's very well done. What I like about that is it it presents people with a lot of viewpoint so then they can kind of weigh it themselves. Absolutely. Which I love that. You know, that's yes. that's the way we we need to approach our faith. Well, especially when we think about the Bible and we want we've said throughout this series we want to use the Bible as our foundation. Mm-hmm. And the truth is the Bible has many different things that are in it that are interpreted different ways. And so I love just the respect. And we've also said curiosity is a value that we have. So Mm -hmm. pressing in when we have questions. And so I love that. So yeah, let's just kind of go through those four. I want to pick up what you said there about the Bible because, and this is extremely important, one of the major factors of why views have adjusted 
Concerning Hell. And I note that even this book, The Four Views of Hell, the original edition came out in 1997. It had to be rewritten with four new authors because Mm -hmm. things have shifted so much. Wow. But one of the reasons is because there is actually much better biblical scholarship available now. Hmm. There's a lot more translations. And all of these, you know, very respectfully uh, need to be honored, need to be thought about. And so, yes, we say, yes, we honor the Bible, but it's not as simple as saying, well, the Bible says. Yeah, right. (laughs) Which Bible, uh, which translation are you talking about? Well, I know, and Julie, you're always so good about highlighting... um, here, we view all things through the triune gospel lens. Yeah. Yeah. Just if you give us a quick, like, what do I mean by that? Yeah, that we believe that the story of the gospel is so much bigger and better and more beautiful than maybe we'd originally thought. Yes. That we are brought into right relationship with our Father, that we have been made new, we've been given a new identity, and then, then we're filled with the Holy Spirit to release us into our destiny. And so it is this three-part. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and each of them is giving us something to make us who we were always made to be. Yeah new creations. And so the triune gospel is really important here. And that's the sieve or the lens through which we want to understand our understanding of the afterlife. Right. Particularly when it comes now to hell, you just take what you said, our view of the father and his character. Relational. He's relational. Mm -hmm. He's a father of love and mercy and grace. He made us in his image. He longs to have a family. He honors our choice. Mm, And he is a holy God and he is a just God. Mm -hmm. Jesus, we believe in the finished work of Jesus. He has defeated death. He rose from the dead. (laughs) There is an afterlife. He took care of sin. He took care of sin. Mm -hmm. He took our judgment. Yes. And now we're no longer sinners. We are saints. Mm -hmm. Then we look at the Holy Spirit who specifically empowers us not to share bad news like turn and burn. He empowers us to share the good news. The kingdom of God has come. You can have eternal life now. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to be preaching, but it's very exciting. (laughs) It's really good because it's like it kind of reframes the way we're supposed to live this Christian life now, like life matters now. And what we present to people actually matters. You know, that there is hope, there's good news. There's an invitation from Jesus that is way more powerful than how scary hell is. You know what I mean? Way more powerful Mm -hmm. anyway. So yeah, why don't we go through those four common views? Um, Because I do believe how we think about hell actually helps us walk out the Christian life more fully. So Di, do you want to just delve into Sure. And let me just remind you again, views have been shifting Mm -hmm. and changing. One, due to biblical scholarship. Two, and this is super important, we live in a much more pluralistic age. Mm -hmm. So it was a time when, you know, Christianity was the dominant faith, no longer in our country. And there's a lot of different faiths with a lot of different expressions. And so that's why people are now like, oh, they're more open to a different view of both heaven and hell. 
And then one just huge factor among so many people right now, particularly younger people, is this issue that's known as theodicy. And that just simply means, how do we justify all the evil in the world if we say we have this good God? Mm. And so how can a good God send people to hell? How can a good God cause suffering? And these are very interesting, deep, and important questions. And this has given rise to the... Uh, more a broader view of hell. Okay, so quickly, we've said the four main views, eternal conscious torment. This view holds that hell is a place of eternal punishment for those who choose in this life to reject Jesus. Yeah. Okay, purgatory. Mm -hmm. We won't talk too much about that. It is originally a Catholic view that hell was a place of temporary purging, even punishment for those who needed further cleansing of their sins. Yeah, almost like a second chance. Yes, and some of the teachings of that are a second chance. And it's interesting because Protestants always rejected purgatory as a Catholic doctrine, even though, again, it had a a lot of um, adherence and there's no scriptural text, but there was a lot of sentiment behind it. Uh, Protestants now have their own view of purgatory Mm. and Mm. it's discussed in that uh, book, Four Views of Hell. So if you want more information, but again, it's more people are given the opportunity to either become saved or become sanctified. Mm -hmm. So purgatory, all about a second chance. Also, universalism is definitely about a second, third, fourth, fifth chance Mm -hmm. in that that view holds that eventually all will be saved. Even if people have rejected Jesus in this life, they've made a choice, I want nothing to do with Jesus, that eventually all will be ultimately reconciled. Okay, And that is extremely popular right now. Some of you might be very familiar with a book by Rob Bell, Love mm-hmm. Wins. And there are powerful points. Like at first glance, if you've been taught a traditional view, you might think, well, I don't believe that. Hold your horses. <laughs> and this Four Views of Hell book also does a very good job mm-hmm. of showing how scriptures read a certain way can lead people to believe that. Yeah, We personally do not embrace that belief. Um, and so I'll go on record as saying that. <laughs> okay? Yeah, that's important. It is important. Yeah. We still believe that those who choose to reject Jesus in this life will suffer eternal loss, mm-hmm. which leads me to the next view, annihilationism or the second death. Yeah. And the second death is a reference to a text in Revelation and that I talk about in my message. And it's essentially saying, all right, again, there's a whole spectrum here, but those who have chosen to reject Jesus in this life will suffer punishment of some kind, will suffer consequences. It, it won't be pleasant. It won't be good. But it will have a time limit. It won't be eternal. Mm-hmm. And so they will cease to exist either as a human being or uh, many views of of annihilationism have a kind of a um, side view of you will continue to exist, but you'll be such a subhuman 
uh, you know, distorted mm-hmm. by who, who you've been that you basically cease to exist. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't sound good. No, no. no. <laughs> I'd love to press into maybe the idea of universalism yes. a little more, just like in a pastoral sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just had many conversations and, you know, you know, people that have just said, I just can't believe a good God would, would allow this to happen, would, you know, uh, either send them to hell or choose hell or anything like that. Why would he even create something like this? And, you know, the, the sentiment is good. And, you know, some of the scriptures are just hard, but it's like universalism has become so prominent. Um, yeah. Over the last, it feels like it's it's ramped up. I, I I think it's been 25 years where it's like been really gaining popularity. But I feel like in the last five years, even three years, all of a sudden it's it feels like I read about it everywhere. And so I, I you know, I don't know, Jim, you have any pastoral thoughts or <laughs> you know, just like as we dialogue through this, like I think it, it's helpful to maybe flesh this out a little bit and kind of get a deeper understanding to, to know why we don't embrace this. I mean, I th- I think part of it might be the um, desire to have a happy ending mm. in yes. people's lives. Yeah, um, you know, the reality and the truth of life over the last few years has been hard, and people are like, "Why would God do that to people?" Uh, so I think you're right. I, I think the challenge with people that I've talked to when they're wrestling with universalism, particularly, is that they just can't believe that God is good if he would do that, or is he really good? And then he wouldn't do that. So there's two sides of that is either God's not good or he is good and it doesn't go the way we think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that universalism is the way because God's good, he would do that. Yeah. So I think that's the two sides that I wrestle with when I talk to people mm-hmm. um, in people's lives. Because most of the time they don't believe God's good, first of all. And then when they finally believe God is good, the next thing is, well, if he's good, then he wouldn't send someone to eternal um, you know, into an eternal punishment of any kind, or he wouldn't punish people for wrong. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I I think you hit something that's really important that we won't have time to expand, and that is unfortunately many people have been given a mixed up version of the good news, mm-hmm. yeah. and 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 so. Once they do discover that God is good and God is love and all their sin is forgiven, they they take it to the extreme. Yeah. Right. And yet we must always honor the incredible price that Jesus paid, yes. the finished work of yeah. Jesus, the the character of a loving, just, holy God. And it's that big picture again, but it's, it's very attractive and it is very sentimental. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it, it becomes very real when someone close to you, mm-hmm. dear to you, maybe dies tragically yeah. and you know in no way had they <laughs> said yes to Jesus. Right. Yeah. And and so it there's this whole range now of Christian universalists. Yeah. Some are what are called hopeful universalists. That means hmm. okay, they can't really agree that the scripture declares this. Folks, there's way too much in the scripture about judgment, way too much about hell, way too much yeah. um, uh, about that. So they say, I'm hopeful. We don't know the whole picture. Perhaps, right. you know, God in his love will make a way. Right. 
Um, and they would say that way is Jesus. Okay, they're Christian universalists. They're not pluralists. Plurals mm-hmm. say always lead to heaven or always lead right, to no God. Matter which no, way. no, no, no. Yeah. They're Christian universalists. Hmm. They believe Jesus is the only way, but that you will be given a second chance okay. or a third chance. Or, and yeah. that's where I think so much confusion lies. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we are in this pluralist. Yes. Culture, yes, and so many of our faith or our beliefs about faith and the afterlife, there it's like a cocktail. Yes, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of this. And what I think we fail to understand is that what we believe affects how we behave. Yes, mm-hmm. and we often do not make that connection um, in our school of kingdom ministry. We spend some time talking about worldviews and understanding the lens through which we look at the world and understand the world and how powerful that is in our life. So what would you all say to people right now who are examining what they believe? What are some healthy practices that we can do as we kind of come through this series? And we think about the topic of specifically hell. What are some healthy practices? What would you guys say for people? Ooh, that's a good question. (laughs) I mean, I think the one thing is to not close your eyes to what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, that's or plug good. your ears or stick your head in the sand. Yes. But dig a little bit. I mean, yeah. I think I would say this to my own children. Uh, if you have questions, start reading. Like, look at the Bible, look at the books, look at some study guides. Like, look at- Yeah, some of the resources some, we've listed. Yeah, some of the yeah. resources that we've listed. Even look at some of the books that I suggested, you know, the four views of health. Like, look at things, read some N.T. Wright. Like, yeah. it's actually helpful. Yeah. Um, I think people- particularly right now, a lot of people just feeling fatigued maybe, I don't know, Mm -hmm. Um, but just want to take what's in front of them. And so we're kind of a culture that's learned to just look quickly on the internet to see what's the top line thing. And then that's where we go. And so I think digging a little deeper, I tell my kids this when you're doing a Google search, you know, you don't look at the first line or the second or the third or the fourth. It's usually good to scroll down a ways before you can find something that's Mm. like legitimately true. Um, I think in, as we minister to people and as we pastor people, um, having people just not get lazy, like yeah. just be willing to dig a little bit. Yeah, and, do the work. And look and do That's the work. Really good. I think it's extremely important what you said, Jim. And I think that applies too to your commitment to a church body. Mm. That when you commit to be part of a community where none of us are perfect in our mm-hmm. own eyes, in mm-hmm. God's eyes, <laughs> where we can have discussions, we can open the Bible, we can invite the Holy Spirit to just constantly be teaching, and we're open to uh, all just dialoguing mm-hmm. and, and praying together. But Because we gather weekly, whether that's in the large group or weekly in a small group, we are coming face-to-face with the scriptures. We're coming face-to-face with other people who call on the name of Jesus. And I think all of that helps, those are practices that help us get a clear picture of, okay, what is the heart of God concerning eternity? Yeah. And is it for those who choose to reject Jesus? Is it eternal loss? Um, we believe the Bible is clear on that. Yeah. But I think, you know, when I think about that, I think it's challenging in your journey with Jesus to stay teachable. Hmm. It is challenging to be humble, meaning like you stay open to God defining things for you and being on the journey. Like you guys are saying, you know, dig in, do the work of it, but to not just throw out the scriptures that are hard to understand. Yeah, yes. You know, I keep hearing trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, 
but we do have under. He's not saying throw out understanding. He's just saying, okay, take these hard scriptures. And, you know, I think a lot of the Christian faith is living in tension. Yeah. And knowing I don't understand all of this, but I'm not just going to throw it out because I don't like how it feels. I don't like what it might mean mm. for some people. Like to actually hold it in tension and say, Lord, I need revelation here. I need to see you more clearly. How do I live this out? And, you know, how do I love this person even more? Yes. You know, knowing that, okay, they're they're living a life that's so wild and so far away from God's plan for their life. Like, it should well up compassion, not like, well, you're just going to go to hell. That's you know? good. Yeah, like, that's good. I think Christians sometimes get very judgmental and just kind of say, well, they're, they made their choice rather than going, but there's this invitation. I don't know. Mm, so, so good. Like teachable humility, things like yeah. that. And let yourself wrestle with the hard stuff and don't just throw it out. Really good. Mom, you ended up landing on some language that we've touched on a little bit here talking about eternal loss. Yes. And specifically in your message, you really honed in on our choice. Yes. Could you just talk about that a little bit and kind of where you landed and what you sensed the Holy Spirit just encouraging us with? Yes. I, I think that at this point, eternal loss is being clear that there will be loss. We... We are not saying there will be eternal torment. We're not saying there will be eternal fire. Yeah. And mostly we're not saying that because there's frankly only three scriptures that seem to say eternal fire torment. and yeah. torment. Mm-hmm. And there's probably 15 to 20. And again, these are, can all be found in our references that do clearly indicate though there will be loss. Yeah. There, there will be consequences. There will be repercussions. And it's only fair that we are very upfront and honest about that, yeah. you know, as any good parent should be mm-hmm. with their children. And in pastoring, as any good pastor, any good shepherd, like we are like, you know, compelling you, choose Jesus, choose life, mm-hmm. choose eternal life now. And... Uh, uh, we do see biblically, though, it's very clear from the Revelation text, Revelation 21, 22, it is named, these are people who are outside the gate, the sexually immoral, the liars, the sorcerers, the, uh, they, he names yeah. you know, lots of categories. In other words, people who have chosen to reject Jesus. Yes. Mm-hmm. And their loss, according to the book of Revelation, will be the same destiny as the devil and his angels. That is the lake of fire, the second death. And we think second death in regards to human beings is equated with a loss at some point where you will cease mm-hmm. to exist. Cease but to exist. There's still a lot of mystery and there's a lot of discussion. And um, it's, yeah, we're not driving a stake in the ground, but we are honoring what the scripture says. Yeah, that makes me think of a question that actually has come in. And that question is, should we fear hell? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dramatic pause. That was a dramatic pause for all of you listening. I think we should fear hell as, you know, any of our teenagers should actually fear that if they 
break curfew, <laughs> they're going to suffer the consequences. But I know that's yeah. just a homey example. Jesus himself uh, in Matthew 10, you know, he was sending out the disciples and warning them and they were going to be persecuted. And he said, but, you know, don't fear them. Fear the one who has the power to cast both body and soul into hell. <laughs> mm, yeah, and he's not like teaching it like, God's going to cast you into hell. He's like saying, you know what? In the light of everything, you know, have the right perspective. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah, yeah, we better have a holy fear of God Almighty, our just and awesome God, who is sending us out to announce the kingdom of God has come Amen. and to demonstrate he is a God of love, he's a God of healing. I yeah. think that's so good. Yeah. It, it, it makes me think of, you know, they come back one time and they say, even the demons obeys us. And he's like, hey, don't rejoice because the demons obey you. Rejoice that your names are registered in heaven. In the mm-hmm. book of life. In the book mm-hmm. of life. Yes. yes. And if the, your name isn't there, then the consequences are spelled out in Revelation. In other right. words, you have chosen You've to chosen. reject Jesus. Well, yeah. often I think when we hear a question like this about fear, it goes back to, do we have the correct story of the gospel? That's really good. So true. Do we have the correct story? Because the truth is Jesus has taken our judgment. Yes. When we believe in him, when we choose him, we actually are given life now and forever. And so I think where there's fear involved, I think that there's opportunity for a fuller picture of the gospel. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or you are a person who you know, because you're convicted, you you mm-hmm. have rejected Jesus. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I guess it's on that yeah. basis, I was answering that question. I don't think any person who has accepted Jesus, who has received eternal life now from Jesus, as we teach it, mm-hmm. you know, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. You know, he was raised from the dead. You know, he has proven there's victory over death. I can have new life now and he is Lord. That person should not fear hell. We can know now where we're, we're headed for all eternity. Yeah. 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 And I think if you find yourself in that place, you know, in fearing and fearing death and fearing hell, that's a place to receive prayer. Yes. Talk to a, a pastor or a friend that knows Jesus. Like, it's like, take this to Jesus because the enemy is probably attacking in, in this part of your life. And, and instead of like being in awe in reverence of Jesus, you know, it's like been twisted, twisted. to this like yeah. fear of hell and every kind of mistake you make, it's like attacking, yes. you know, yes. oh, well, that means you're going to, you know, go to hell. And that is a torment from the enemy. And it you is. have to know that. So I think yeah. knowing the gospel story is just so important. Yeah. Well, I know the, uh, at least the entire epistle from First John is very powerful. And he says, uh, this is First John 5, this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And so you can live without fear. You can live with a clear conscience and you can live every day. No, it's not dependent on your works. It's his work on your behalf. And he loves you very much. I think sometimes people get hung up on the thing of like, can they know? Mm. And I love that verse because it just Mm. gives that assurance of salvation. It's there, like you're safe, you're good. I think um, of people, particularly when you do a funeral as pastors and you have to do a funeral or something, those are tough. And 
you know, when you can have assurance of, no, they've, they've said yes, is such a different thing than when you're not sure. Yes. Um, and coming, kind of having grown up in a background of where sometimes you can never know, you have to make sure you're good enough all the time. Mm. I think, you know, just the assurance that, no, there's, there is a choice. Yeah, yes. We actually do control the yes or no that we give. Um, yeah. And which Powerful. is a simple yes or no. It's not, I'm just curious, Di, or maybe one of you guys have mm-hmm. a comment. Like the question that comes sometimes is, well, how many choices do I get? How many chances <laughs> do I get to say yes? And, and nine, I know that's going to be laugh because we're like, we're not sure, right? Yeah. Um, but is, is that question an indication of another cha- a challenge maybe that somebody's facing? Like, you know, they're saying, I'm fearful of, my, of where I'm going. And mm-hmm. Daniel, you alluded to that. Yeah. Um, if I make one more mistake, is out? that how many how many how many mistakes? Again, the the message of the gospel. There Jesus has taken your past, past present, and, and future yes. sin. It's far as the east is in the west. So it's not like it's a license to sin. But if you're asking that question, that's actually the right question because you know even Paul says that. Should should I? Yeah. Now sin Should all the sin. more? Yep. Of course not, right? <laughs> you know, so it, it is this invitation to realize, wow, it, to me that compels me, Lord, you've given me the power to live free from mis- you know, mi- you know, sin, a sinful life and living that way. What, what, a, what a great power that you've given us to live this way. And there's the full gospel. Yeah, there it yes. is, the triune mm-hmm. gospel. It's not just a ticket to heaven. This isn't right. just hey, yeah. get your life insurance policy so that you can spend you know life, your your future in heaven. This is life now, and the reality is Jesus has made a way for us to be made new today. Right. We have been given a new identity, and that new identity actually empowers us to live a brand new way. Yes, where we're not in in bondage to sin mm-hmm. and brokenness and addictions. And some of you today might be struggling with those things. And we just want to say that we believe that there is freedom in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's where you need the church. I loved yes. that encouragement. So we believe you need one another. You need community. You need a small group because we're supposed to do this together and come alongside one another. Yes. And sometimes we do have doubts. And, yeah. and a lot of us are coming out of traditions where we were taught wrongly. <laughs> and those are sometimes hard to uproot. Yeah. And so we live with fear. Well, if we don't confess every sin, then, and I die tonight. Yes. And there's lots of twisted, messed up theology out there. And, you know, the most astounding statement is, is I like to make about all of this is Jesus is clear. Everyone is included. It, it's inclusion before exclusion, Amen. that mm-hmm. you exclude yourself. Yeah. Yeah. God doesn't send anyone you to hell. You choose your destiny. And, and that's kind of scary. You know. Um, again, there's a lot of questions about that, uh, but the reality is everyone can come. All are welcome. And yeah. I think you should say that again. Okay. Inclusion. Everyone's included. Now, I want you to note this. You start reading, particularly Jesus' parables, uh, he has quite a few about judgment. Uh, You can read, you know, whether it's Matthew 13, but really Matthew 25, lots of parables about judgment. And the message is clear. Everyone is included. All were invited, invited to the wedding uh, feast. There were, you know, five foolish virgins, Five foolish virgins, five wise. They were all included, mm-hmm. but mistakes were made, decisions were made, choices were made that caused 
their own exclusion. So, mm. yeah. yeah, it's very, very... <laughs> it's kind of a segue. I, uh, this question is often asked, and I, I think it totally relates to what you just said. Can we lose our salvation? Maybe by, you know, there's a lot of questions about if I, you know, someone commits suicide, which is on the rise. Mm. Oh, yes. In, mm-hmm. in, in I think around the world, I know it is in America, or you say yes to Jesus, but then you don't live that yes. Mm-hmm. You live a wild and you just live your own way. And I know this is kind of a nuanced answer, but <laughs> can we lose our salvation? I'm yeah. certainly glad I'm not the judge. <laughs> but um, you've asked several questions in one there. Yeah. And I'll give you my take. And if anybody else wants to jump in, let's just talk about suicide because we've had cases of suicide in our church family. And yeah. some of you, of course, have very close relatives. For any person who takes their own life, who we know had accepted Jesus, said yes to Jesus, received eternal life from Jesus, we are assured that person has gone on to paradise because it's not based on their work. It's based on his work. And so could they confess that this was wrong? No, but that sin was already forgiven. Yeah. Past, present, and future. So I find that very comforting and I think that's extremely important. That's huge. Okay, second question. I think there is a category of people who have accepted Jesus. They've received eternal life. And I have to be careful here. I'm like, I'm coming against like (laughs) Baptist denominations. And, you know, there's many people who believe in what's called eternal security. If you've prayed a prayer, you're in, that's it. Mm. But again, I'm glad I'm not the judge. And that, you know, there's a lot of gray areas there. Mm -hmm. Now I want to address the third category. And that's people who have at one time received eternal life, but have made a decision I don't believe this anymore. And we're seeing a lot of that reject, these days. Completely reject. Let me just read a, a text from Hebrews 10, 26. If we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God, has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified, and has outraged the Spirit of grace? We know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. The Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I'm sorry, we don't like that to be the focus, but I think we have to be honest. These people, again, they're choosing. They're choosing to shake their fist. I don't believe any of this. This is hogwash. Yeah. Well, you're trampling underfoot the son of God. And so really it comes again back to choice. It does. It's choice. choice. It's choice. Yeah. And if that's your choice, then you are now in the camp of, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Sobering for sure. Yes. Help us, Holy Spirit. We better yeah. end on a better note than that. Yeah, well, I, you know, just any final thoughts, even just thinking pastorally. And uh, Jim, you have such a gift of pastoring. And I know like you've walked with people that have had pretty immense loss around their life. And, you know, just it, it, any final thoughts as, as we figure out how to pastor and lead people closer to Jesus this way. Well, like you all disclaimed, we're not the experts. <laughs> um, True. But, but giving some 
I just, just some thoughts I've had as we were talking. You know, the one thing I know is that our view of hell and the afterlife does impact how we live today. And I think if, if people catch nothing else out of this whole series and the whole conversation, my thing would be, but the way you live today, as you walk away from even the next two minutes over to the next days, um, or walk out of church on Sunday, mm-hmm. the way you treat people, it matters. Um, but it matters now and forever. Come on. And so when we're living our life that way, mm-hmm. we don't have to live in fear of hell, the conversation we just had, uh, because we made a choice. And yeah, so it yeah. comes back to this thing of choice. I'm going to choose today how I'm going to live. And I think that's what I've, I've used many, many times in my own life, but many, many times I've talked to other folks as well, is like how you choose today matters and how you choose mm-hmm. tomorrow matters, mm-hmm. uh, just like Dice said. And so... That's my kind of my thing. I think is I would take away from all of this whole conversation. It's been a it's been great conversation. It's been a great series that we've been involved with, and I know people have dug in in all different levels, um, and been challenged, and yeah. not always agreed, yeah. and that's yeah. fi- perfectly yeah. fine. Um, but if it doesn't impact us in a way that we choose to live our life differently, then I'm like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, I, that's really my good. encouragement to people: is like, hey, go live your life differently. Don't have to live in fear of this. Yeah, you can actually live in a place of really, you know, wholesomeness in a better place um, by making the right choices. So hopefully that's been helpful Yeah, that's as really people good. walk along. That's really good. I just kind of feel like ending in prayer. And I don't know if anybody's sensing a prayer to rise up, uh, that rises up just to share on that, but just even the, the, that choice invitation is, is a really strong one. Di, would you just be able uh, to yes, pray over us? I just want to preface that with, I'm not, None of us here are ignoring the question that is almost always asked. What about those who have never heard? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's, you know, that's a, a very tough question. Yeah. And I don't know. I do know we serve an amazingly merciful, loving yeah. God. I do know he will do what is right. I do know. Amen. I do know Jesus is the way. Yeah. I, I know I know that. But and we, I think we can trust him, but I think it should also compel us to be sharing Amen. the good news. Yeah. Participate. Yeah. yeah. And and we know this. And we will be held accountable for knowing and sharing too. So yeah. um yes. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Father, you are uh, a loving Father. I just see you with your arms wide open, welcoming, welcoming those who really have run far from you, who have are living in the pig pen. And yet, oh, Holy Spirit, you are causing them to come to their senses, as you say, making a turn, repenting, coming back into the arms of the Father, that he can welcome us as sons and daughters. And we pray that over our families, Lord, over our community, over our world, because we know uh, you offer life for those who choose Jesus. We have eternal life. And so we pray that more and more grace would just be gushed forth, that those who have not yet chosen to accept Jesus, to receive him, would make that choice. And we just trust you with that, Father, and in your goodness and in your love, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, thank you for joining us. And, you know, we're all on this journey together. And our hope is that this uh, somewhat challenged your faith and will cause you to go deeper and just know we're, we're all in this together. And I love the community of faith. And I would just encourage you, uh, talk to a friend, talk to a pastor, connect, kind of wrestle with this and, and hold all this intention and ask God for deeper understanding. Because as we know, Jesus's invitation, our, our choice, his, his grand invitation to us has filled us with so much hope. I, you know, this life does matter now. And so... I bless you all in your journey of faith and thank you for joining us.